Hello, my lovely Kingsters. I hope you are having a wonderful day. The world of BDSM and DS is confusing, right? There's so much going on and there's a lot of misinformation out there. So I want to debunk eight common BDSM myths that I see time and time again from people emailing me, from our community and online. This podcast contains frank discussions about sex, kink and BDSM. If you're a consenting adult who wants to learn more about these topics, then stay tuned. You're listening to Chief from kinkyevents.co.uk, helping you create the dom-sub dynamic you've always fantasised about. So let's start with myth one. The dom is always a man and the sub is always a woman. No, not at all. A lot of my articles when I first started my website were talking about me as a male dom going to events and interacting with female subs. So the criticism I often get about the articles or some of the earlier articles on my website is that I'm always talking from the perspective of a male dom. And in those early articles, I did use quite a bit of language that was talking about what he would do to her. Now, since then, I've, I've taken on the feedback that the blog is now a, a more general space for people to learn about DS and power play. So now my language is much more gender neutral. But even back in the day, it wasn't that I believed that all men, all doms should be men and all, all subs have to be women. It was just that that was my perspective because that's what I was, I was writing from. I was, I was writing for an audience who, who weren't male doms. Um, and as I said, because that's grown, it's now I, I try not to use the words he and, sh you know, he when I'm describing doms and she when I'm describing subs. So it doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter what sexuality you are. You can be a dom. You can be a sub. No matter what orient sexual orientation, what gender you are. That's really, really key. You can also be a switch. You might want to switch from time to time and be a dom sometimes, be a sub sometimes. It's all okay with us. Myth number two, the sub must do everything the dom says. This is probably my biggest pet peeve. There seems to be this misconception that the sub just has to do whatever the dom tells them. And I see this pattern again and again, particularly with new subs who have gone out to find a dom. And when they've done that, what they've typically done is they're on dating sites or they're chatting someone online, someone they've never met. And this person starts to dom them straight away. And they don't even know this person. They don't trust them. And yet, it, it, to, the, to, the, to the dom who, who is acting as the dom in this case, it's probably just meant to be a bit of fun, right? They're, they're never intending to meet this person in real life. It's just they want to have a bit of play to get themselves off. And so they are telling the sub what to do. And the sub goes along with it. And because the sub's new and they don't know any different, they go along with it. Now, what can happen is this, if this continues, eventually the dom might start requesting things of the sub that the sub does not feel comfortable with, or the sub does not want to do, or the sub is not turned on by, or the sub gets no pleasure from. But because they've almost been conditioned and they've enjoyed some of the stuff, the dom continues to push them. And eventually the sub starts doing things they don't want to do. And then they start emailing me saying, my dom asked me to do this and I don't want to do it. What should I do? Or the sub might push back on the dom and the dom will get angry and annoyed that the sub has dared question his authority. So if you are in a relationship like that, it's not 
DS. Let me tell you that right now. That is not how DS works. BDSM is 100% about consent and communication. If you have never sat down to have the discussion about what you like, what turns you on, what you want your DS dynamic to be, to include, then you are not doing it properly. I know that's quite a strong statement, but it's, it stops you getting into these situations where you're just going along with stuff because the other person wants to. Both people must be fully in agreement of the things you are going to do. And, I, and you should have had that conversation with them ahead of time before you start play. And you should have had that conversation outside of the dynamic. And what do we mean by that? Well, we mean you, you don't have these discussions when you're in DS mode. If you have the discussion when one person is in the position of power, one's in the position of being the submissive, then there's a tendency to the submissive to just agree. And so you need to step out of that dynamic so you're both on an equal playing field and then have that discussion and then you can go and play. There are exceptions to this because sometimes the dom may want to slightly push the limits of the submissive. Maybe the submissive has some soft limits and they want to push it. Or maybe the submissive enjoys being corrupted or the submissive has a kink that they like being taken advantage of, or they like being forced to do things they don't want to do, such as being degraded. The difference is that the sub has agreed to that. The sub has said to the dom, hey, I really like being degraded, or I, I really enjoy being corrupted and having my boundaries pushed. So I want you during play to do some of that. But I will still be able to use my safe word to stop it. If I use my safe word, I want you to stop. Uh, it's gone too far. I mean, discuss it. But for now, just know that that is one of my kinks. And so during play, you are free to do that. The sub has then given consent to the dom to do that. And the dom can then play on that. But like I said, that's an exception. A lot of, a lot of times, if, if you're just beginning, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't go into a dynamic where someone's going to push your limits or where someone's going to really, really degrade you unless you really, really like that. And also, I get messages from people who've never had these discussions. You should have had this discussion. You should have talked about this stuff, especially if it's on the more extreme side of BDSM. You need to have made sure that you know, as a dom, what your sub is comfortable with. And as a sub, you have told the dom what you're comfortable with. If a sub ever, ever tells you, hey, I don't like that, stop doing it, then as a dom, you, want, you listen. You listen to that. You don't just say, I'm the dom, I'm the one in charge, so she's a bad sub or he's a bad sub. No, please don't do that. Likewise, subs, if you bring something up to your dom and they dismiss it or they say, I'm not interested or get angry at you, please know that I would probably walk away or at least you have to understand that that's not how DS should work and that there's probably an issue you need, you need to resolve there. So I've gone on a little bit for myth two because it really, really is important. So the myth was the sub must do everything the dom says. That is absolutely not true. You have to negotiate this stuff. There's always a safe word, a way out, and you should have discussed your limits before you start playing with someone. Myth number three, DS relationships are abusive. As I said before in that previous example, that kind of was bordering on an abusive relationship because the people had not consented. The sub had not consented to have those things done to them or to be doing those things. but. If you have had those discussions, it is not an abusive relationship. Just because the dom might be doing things to the sub, which from the outside look as though they are abusive, for example, slapping someone in the face, 
That is abuse in any other situation. But because the sub has agreed to it, it is no longer an abusive relationship. Now, there are some, there are some things to do with law here. It is still illegal to hit someone, even if they have consented to it. So it's still illegal to harm someone, even if they've consented to it. So you could still get into hot water with the police. But in terms of broadly, is this an abusive relationship if the sub really enjoys being hit in the face and gets off on it? No, in my opinion, it is not. What is abusive is that you get into a dynamic with someone new, you've never discussed being hit with a in the face, and they slap you hard in the face. That is not okay. And that is, that is abuse. And that is something that you need, you need to resolve immediately. DS is consensual power exchange. Consensual power exchange. Communication and consent is key. If it is not consensual, then it borders into abuse. Myth number four, DS relationships are always 24-7. No, and I would argue that most DS relationships are in fact not 24-7. There is a broad spectrum of people who practice DS and BDSM. On the one hand, you've got people who do live a 24-hour lifestyle. They're in long-term relationships typically, and they have agreed that the submissive will be submissive 100% of the time within the context of consent, and they have a safe word, etc., 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 but generally they are always wanting to adopt that role play of, of power dynamic role play, 24-7. Most people are not like that. In fact, I'd say that's a very, very small percentage of people in, in DS relationships. On the other hand, on the other end of the spectrum, you've got people who just try BDSM maybe once, right? So they're having sex with someone and they say, oh, let's try, you know, let's try a bit of spanking. That is still, in my mind, DS. But it's just short-lived. It's just for that session. It's just for that sex. And afterwards, maybe you, you don't like it or you, you say, no, that wasn't for me. And you never do it again. You have still engaged in DS. During that time, one person was the top, one person was the bottom. You consensually negotiated a power exchange. One person was acting as though they had less power than the other one. And therefore, that was a DS dynamic. It was brief. It was a brief DS dynamic for maybe 10 minutes, but it still was DS. So if you've done that, you've engaged in DS, you've engaged in consensual power play. Everything else is in the middle. Maybe you have a, a dynamic where you've agreed that just for one hour a night, you engage in DS. Or the, the weekday is off limits, but on a Saturday and Sunday, that is when you're going to do DS. How you structure your dynamic is up to you and your partner. It's one of the things you need to talk about. You need to sit down with yourself and understand what is it that I like? Do, do I want it to be 24-7? Do I want it to just be during sex? Or do I just want it to be, in fact, non-sexual and just do it outside the bedroom? These are all ingredients that go into making up the recipe that is your DS dynamic. There is no one size fits all. If you ever get told you're not a dom, you're not a sub because you don't do it 24-7, you don't take it seriously enough, that's complete bullshit, guys. There's no right or wrong. Just because you do it for 10 minutes, you've still engaged in DS. Is it a full DS relationship? You know, probably not, but you, you, still, you still have to go through all the same skills and the same consent and the same negotiation that, that someone would go through if they're doing it for longer. Beginners, I'd say probably stay away from 
I see a lot of subs jump straight in and they get involved in with a dom who's maybe more experienced and they end up doing 24-7 and uh, they don't even know that if they like being a submissive yet. They just read some fiction and uh, think that the reality is going to be very similar to the fantasy story that they've read. They get involved in the dynamic, realise it's nothing like that at all. And, and there we go, it all falls apart. So make the dynamic what you want it to be. Make it for as long or as short as you want it to be. That's all okay. Myth number five, DS is only for people with past trauma. There is no evidence that I'm aware of, and I'll be honest, I haven't looked into this too deeply, but when I've, when I've looked at it and I've been to talks about it, there is, no, there is no study that I believe shows that people who are kinky are more likely to have suffered trauma in the past. In other words, what I'm saying is you're not necessarily kinky or into DS because something bad happened to you in the past. And even if it did, that is okay too. Sometimes when I tell people that I'm into DS, their first question is, is something like, are your parents still together? Are they divorced? They are happily together. There's no history of divorce in my family either. They've all been happily married, aunts and uncles, etc., etc. Grandparents, there's no obvious abuse that has happened. There's nothing that has forced me to be kinky, if that makes sense. Now, I will caveat this by saying that I do subscribe to the notion that things that happen to us as children, particularly under seven, form our personalities in a later life. And therefore, I would probably agree that the reason I have a dominant personality and the, the reason I agree that I enjoy being a dom is because of my naturally dominant personality and that probably comes from something that happened as a child, but not something that's traumatic. You know, just just everyday life and everyday being brought up forms your personality. And I just happen to have one of those personalities who is into to DS. It's not like it's a big trauma that's happened. It's more just, yeah, I happen to be into it. And I don't think it really matters either. I don't think it's worth looking at figuring out why you're into it. If you're into it and it turns you on, you're into it. That's okay. So that's the angle I come at it from. I don't believe that it's only for people with traumas. I do think it can sometimes, sometimes, for some people, I'm treading on a little bit of thin ice here, but for some people, I believe it can act almost as a, a therapeutic controlled environment to perhaps live out things that have happened to them in the past in a controlled way and help them get control back over some of the things that, that were bad and did happen to them in the past. I have seen that as well. But that's just like the normal population, right? So what I'm saying is there's, there isn't a higher percentage of people who have been abused or had past trauma in DS than there are who are in regular relationships. That's my take. I'm not a scientist. Someone can probably write in and tell me that I'm completely wrong and that, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to listen to that. But so far, I've not seen any evidence that it's only for people with trauma. I would say there's definitely a higher percentage of neurodivergent people in kink. And we've discussed this on previous episodes, but I think one argument that was brought to me was that it's probably because neurodivergent people tend to be quite honest and they tend not to abide by the rules of society. And so they're more likely if they get a, get a feeling that they want to do something that society deems as shameful they would do it anyway because they just they don't really care what the rules of society are. So I do think there are a higher percentage of neurodivergent people who are willing to engage in DS. But that doesn't mean to say that the non-neurodivergent people 
don't enjoy DS, it might just be that they are more held back by the constraints of society. They're more worried about what people will think about them if they were to admit that they're into it. Myth number six, all kinky people are non-monogamous. You don't have to be non-monogamous to engage in DS or BDSM. Uh, I don't know what the percentage is. There's probably a slightly higher percentage of non-monogamous people who are into DS and BDSM than regular population. But you've also got swingers. Swingers are obviously non-monogamous, but they are not all into DS at all. So if you think about a Venn diagram of people who are ethically non-monogamous, people who are into BDSM, there is an overlap, of course. But there's also uh, not an overlap. There's plenty of people I know who are into BDSM, but are monogamous. And there's plenty of people I know who are non-monogamous and not into BDSM. So don't think that if you get into this situation, again, let's talk about the situation where you're a sub and your dom is saying to you, hey, I want you to go and play with this other sub, or I want you to play with my other friend who's a dom. If that doesn't feel comfortable to you and you're not comfortable with non-monogamy, then you speak up and you say that because it's not something you've agreed to. If they then start to shame you or tell you that you should be non-monogamous because you're a sub, that's bullshit. Again, refer back to the previous myths where I, I talked about that. Myth number seven, all DS dynamics involve sadism, masochism, or some sort of pain. There is no one thing that has to go into a DS dynamic aside from consensual power play, because consensual power play is really what makes it a DS dynamic. But if you don't like bondage, or you don't like being spanked, or you don't like pain, or you don't like giving pain, you can still be a dom. You can still be a sub. There's so many ways to create a power differential in a dynamic. Um, Spanking someone is just one of those. Tying someone up is just one of those. Inflicting pain on someone is just one of those. But a lot of subs do enjoy that, do enjoy an element of pain, because it's one of the, the few things that actually creates like chemical alterations in the body, shall we say. I talk about this more in my book, Sensational Scenes, which you can get at kinkyevents.co.uk. But the idea is that if you're spanking someone, the body goes into sort of fight or flight mode and starts releasing chemicals like adrenaline and cortisol and some endorphins, which acts, activates the kind of ple- pleasure chemical side of the body like a runner's high effectively you know you're putting you're putting your body through stress but the body needs to react to get you out of that situation so it makes you f- almost in a way feel good it, it pumps you up it gets you excited because you need that you need that to get out of the bad situation you're in if that makes sense so that's one of the reasons why subs go into subspace or some subs go into subspace when they are spanked and when they have pain applied to them because those chemical reactions are happening in the body and it's just a quicker way than some other methods to get someone into subspace. That's why I think a lot of subs like pain, because it's the fastest route into that feeling of being blissed out. If I'm just using, let's say, a dildo on someone or giving someone anal sex and it, do- it doesn't hurt, it's still a DS act, but maybe they don't go into subspace as far as they would with something like pain, because you- you're getting less of those chemical reactions in the body. You still can, of course. But again, sort of that pain triggering that fight or flight response creates more intense scenes, which lead to more intense react physical reactions and sensations. And that's, I think, why people gravitate towards them. But it doesn't mean you have to include that stuff in the bedroom all the time or even outside the bedroom. For example, maybe you're in a 
care give a little type of role where the dom is very nurturing and uh, i've talked about a pleasure dom a soft dom a romantic dom that kind of dom style of domination where you're not really giving any pain you're just looking after the other person you're still creating that power dynamic there because you're effectively saying i'm the caregiver and the other person is in some ways less able to take care of themselves or or i shouldn't say that more more that they enjoy the process of someone else being in that responsible role to give them care you know they can of course care for themselves if they choose to but they choose not to they choose to be, to receive care there's nothing there going on that's really painful it's more just creating the power dynamic so that's another example where you can have DS dynamics, but it doesn't involve any pain, any sadism, any masochism. And while I'm on this note, it's another reason why you really need to sit down and think what you enjoy in your BDSM relationship. You need to figure that out before you go out looking for a dom, especially if you're a sub. And likewise, if you're a dom, you need to figure out what you're into. For those who are subs, we have the Art of Submission course, which is available at kinkyevents.co.uk. Go to the courses page, which you'll see in the menu, and find the Art of Submission. That course is all about helping you do these things, helping you discover what it is that you really like, what, it is, what is it that draws you to power play, figuring out your submissive persona. So we, we've got several exercises that you go through in this module to build what we call your submissive blueprint. This is like a template with your exact type of submissive that works for you, all detailed out based on the answers that you give. So this includes everything from your core desires the activities you like to a submissive statement. And that is, that is real work that you can do to, be, to really nail down what it is you want from a DS relationship. And having that will not only help you find a good dom, but it will also help you if you're in an existing relationship, really explain to your partner what it is that you like about being a sub, what it is that you want to be as a sub, and maybe help solidify your relationship a little bit more where there's potentially some blurry edges. So again, you can go and find that on kinkyevents.co.uk. Go there and you can look for the Art of Submission course. And finally, myth number eight, all sub subs are submissive in everyday life. No, I really think there's two types of doms and two types of subs. Let's take doms, for example. There are some doms who are naturally quite confident, quite assertive, quite dominant in their everyday lives. And they therefore enjoy being a dom in their relationships as well. Likewise, those people might also want the opposite in their relationships because they are always in charge, because they are always in control in their everyday life. They want to break from it. And therefore, when they're in a relationship, they prefer to be the sub. Likewise, there are many subs who are very confident, very outgoing, very assertive. And, and they want the opposite in their dynamic because they want to not have to deal with all the, the world's problems. You can't tell from looking at someone or from interacting with someone if they prefer to be a dom or a sub. You might get an idea, especially if they are naturally dominant or naturally submissive. You, can, you, can, you might be able to infer that they like one of those things, but you know, you're never going to know for sure. The, uh, the one exception I'd, I'd probably say is if someone is, has a naturally submissive personality, and you can tell that in everyday life, right? You know, that they're just naturally submissive. It's unlikely that they're going to be a dom in their personal, you know, romantic relationships. It's very, it's very unlikely. I'm not saying it's not always 
it can't never happen, but it's going to be very unlikely. But if you make, meet someone with a dominant personality, you don't know. You don't know which they're going to be. They could be dom or sub. There's no hard and fast rules. These are just patterns that I've observed. So in summary, when you meet someone, if they are naturally submissive outside bedroom and just in their everyday life, it doesn't mean that they will enjoy a DS relationship. That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is if they are into DS, they are probably going to be an S type. On the other hand, if someone is a very dominant personality, again, it doesn't mean that they're going to be into DS. But if they are into DS, then they could be a dom, they could be a sub. It doesn't matter. They might want the opposite of what they do in everyday life. So there it is. Those were my eight myths of BDSM. There are, I'm sure, hundreds more myths, but these are the common ones I see. I hope anyone listening who was trying to figure out if DS or power plays in is for them, this has given them some confidence that maybe it is for them and they're willing to take the next step. If you are and you want some more education and you want to talk with more people in the BDSM community, then go to kinkyevents.co.uk. We've got several different courses. We've got one for subs that I said, The Art of Submission. That takes you through everything you need to know as a submissive. I highly, highly recommend doing that. We have lots of people who've been through it and they really, really enjoy it. We've also got one for rope bondage. If you're a dom or a sub and you want to try out rope bondage, you can try that. And we also have my book, Sensational Scenes, which is more for intermediate to advanced doms who want to take their scenes to the next level. Other than that, there's plenty of free resources on the site, free PDFs, free guides that you can just read to, to get a sense of my style of dominance, how I like to approach it, and how you can incorporate some of it into your everyday life. Please do share your thoughts in the comments. Come to the website, have a look around. It's great to be able to talk to people who are into this stuff or just getting into it. I really am passionate about teaching people, helping people create really healthy DS dynamics that they love being in. That is my mission. That is the mission with Kinky Events. So please do spread the word. If you've got a friend who's kinky or you think might be heading down the wrong path, please do send them this episode. Have a look at the other episodes. And I hope you join our mailing list as well and we'll send you lots of great information. Thanks for listening. And I will say lots of love and spanks. Until next time. You're listening to Chief from kinkyevents.co.uk helping you create the dom-sub dynamic you've always fantasised about. 